Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode. Oh, actually, this is a, a bonus. Episode. This is a bonus episode of the New Hollywood Podcast. Um, I'm Dino Ray Ramos. <laughs> I was say, who are you? Um, and I'm Amanda Nduka. And Dino and I just got back from Austin for the, from the up uh, for the ATX Television okay. Festival, which would explain why I'm a little bit uh, like exhausted. You got I guess. a haircut though. I like it. I know. I got a haircut <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah, so uh, Amanda and I uh, moderated the Queen Sugar panel at the ATX Television Festival, and it had Kat Candler, uh, Don, <laughs> Don Lian, Don Lian Gardner, uh, Rutina Wesley, Wesley yeah. and Kofi Cerebo. Cerebo. Cerebo, yes. <laughs> and yeah, it was Cerebo. pretty damn cool. Uh, it, but uh, yeah, ATX was crazy, but the Queen yeah. Sugar panel, they, they aired an episode, and we got to talk to the uh, uh, Kat Candler, who's the showrunner for season three, mm-hmm. and the cast, and it was a grand old time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about, I mean, obviously we talked about the episode, but then we talked about, you know, the importance of legacy, because the, the show really is um, kind of wrapped in that theme. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talked about Kat, uh, Kat's a, an Austin native. And she's and a yet, filmmaker, yeah, she was a, initially a filmmaker. So we talked about, you know, how jumping from the from film to television and her getting the opportunity with Ava DuVernay, who's a EP for the show, yeah. show creator. Um, and then, the, you know, the all-female, it's, it's an all-female directed yeah. series, so it's really interesting. Yeah, and it was just like, um, this was, I guess you could consider this our first live episode. Yeah, it is actually. It was like, I guess, a, a first unofficial live episode. Yeah. Because it was, it was in, a, it, it's, we, we partnered with ATX and, um, it, it was at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, in Austin. Amanda's lived in Austin. I've lived in Austin. And it was just, it was great to be there. It was hot as hell. And, well, my God. <laughs> it was hot as hell. And I was getting over a cold and yeah. going, getting, have, being sick and going into hot, that humid heat, weather. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> but it was fun, though. But other than that, we had a great time. Yeah. Um, so without further ado, this is our Queen Sugar bonus app. with you that was a very emotional episode um with with everything with bringing them together um with the tribute to the patriarch of the family um could you talk a little bit about how important legacy is oh in this gosh series? yeah i mean that's from the very very beginning there are, you know a couple of themes running through from the pilot identity and legacy in the land and um you know as we were writing this episode, we knew timeline-wise that we were coming up on the anniversary of Ernest's passing, and which we, you know, kind of dawned on us it was also Blue's birthday, um, and how, and just kind of also thinking in terms of how, you know, a kid that age uh, just sort of internalized that moment, um, and so when we were coming back to this episode, it very quickly became everything about Ernest and everything about fatherhood and legacy. Um, and yeah, I mean, for this, for the show, it's, it's everything. I mean, it's just generation to generation, the history of the land. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those, I was just telling Don, like every time I hear like, I'll take care of him at the very end of this episode, I'm just like a sobbing mess, <laughs> like on the page, like the 20th time I've seen it in the sound mix. I'm like, um, and then for the cast, uh, with the reactions that came out um, with last season's finale, what were your feelings going into season three? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that literally was my feeling. Yeah. It was, oh boy. Um, 
I actually had a hard time when I read uh, the script for the last episode because I, I felt that in some ways it was a betrayal, you know, an, an inner betrayal. Um, but I also uh, understood and, and got on the train of how it's a bigger vision and a bigger mission um, that she's on. So it was, it was, I knew that it was in for a ride and I knew that it was gonna be sort of a process of discovery <laughs> of what that ride would be um, and that it would work me as much as it works her, you know, and I was looking forward to that. Um, I, th I was really excited because just to end with Nova writing like the article of her life and really um, putting her all into um, that article. Um, and I, I was excited to see where she could possibly go from there, uh, which you are clearly seeing in this season. I'm not gonna tell you nothing else. <laughs> um, but um, just excited to see her speak her truth to power and really um, not let up with um, the issues that she's involved with and also just sort of using her voice. I mean, I think a lot of times we're silent um, and even when you're silent, we must speak. So I feel like she's just, I was just excited to see what else she had to say and how she could say it and um, you know who all would listen to it. Yeah, I think really, um for me, uh, Rod just wanted to stay above water, you know, since season one. He was just getting hit, <laughs> just hit and hit and hit and hit. And um, I feel like he's at the end of like that side of his life. You know, it's kind of like the reconciliation with who he was and what that what that life has brought and um, what choices have led him to, I guess, his his present situation. And um, I guess I want to see him focus on himself more, you know, and, and kind of spend some time internally and, and kind of do the work to see where, he, yeah, he'll, and see where he has to go um, from here. Cause you know, can only be up cause he's at the, he's at the bottom, <laughs> he down. <laughs> and I just wanna quickly give a quick shout out to Mike Flynn who's in the audience who wrote this episode. Where Mike right, at? Right back there. Stand up real quick, Mike will put a hand up or something. Oh, there he is right here. <laughs> what up? Um, so um, I wanna get back to you, Kat. Um, Kat, you're, you're from Austin. Yes. yes, this is home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in addition to Queen Sugar, you've directed some other TV shows and shorts and the feature Hellion, yes. which uh, <laughs> is phenomenal, by Thank the you. way. Um, how is it like going from you know, the film world and to working as a showrunner, especially oh. with a show like, like yeah. this? How, like how it, was that transition for you? Uh, at times, a shock to the system. Um, so my journey, just really quickly, is an independent film scene here in Austin for the last 20 years, growing up with a class of filmmakers that are just extraordinary. Um, and then I had a feature at Sundance, which you know you think, oh, I've got a feature at Sundance. All these doors are going to open, just like wide open. And the rejection continues. The doors continue to stay shut. Um, trying to get into the television world. And then I had befriended Ava years ago through the independent film circle. She had Middle of Nowhere at Sundance the same year. I had a short film called Hellion there. And we just kind of kept crossing paths um, through fe festivals and the whole circuit. And in 2015, she was here for South by Southwest giving the keynote. And afterwards, we quickly ran and grabbed something to eat. She's like, I'm making this show called Queen Sugar. Would you you know, be interested in directing an episode? And this was after like, come back to us when you have an episode under your belt. No, no, no. And it's like, please God, I will, yeah, I'll do anything. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think what 
is so extraordinary about this show in particular is that Ava being a creator, a visionary, a director of her, you know, her own right, it feels like a very independent space to make art. And that was one of the first things that she told me when I came and shadowed on, I think, episode four that So Young Kim was directing. And I was like, what is, you know, what is the vision of this? And she really just said, make art, make art in the frame, be honest with the story. And um, there was something really creatively freeing about that. And then the next season, producing director, she was like, do you want to do that? I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'll try and figure it out. Um, and then the next season, it was like, would you consider being a showrunner? I was like, I, you know, I've never been in a writer's room. I don't know if you know that. I've never done this. I have no idea. Um, but it was, you know, I, I think for all of us, she gives, instills such trust and faith and sees something sometimes we don't see in ourselves. And um, it was one of those things, like, I don't know what kind of note cards to use, but mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. I don't know that we have to take lunch breaks for an hour, but they'll tell me and they'll be like, Kat, we got to take a break. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, at the heart of it, it's storytelling, whether it's on an independent film circuit, whether it's on, and I have to say, like, too, like, I don't know about you guys, but seeing this on a big screen is like, what? <laughs> I'm like, we made a movie, you guys. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> It's so beautiful. I want to do this every week. <laughs> you can just come every week. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Ava, she's always been a staple when it comes to inclusivity and promoting females in front and behind the camera. It was recently re uh, she recently uh, tweeted out the list of full uh, the female directors for this current season. Twenty-five total from season one. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she was the first to do, she's the first to do that. So for you guys, how has that impacted your careers? They're looking at me. <laughs> for anybody. And specifically working with female yeah, directors. Yeah, working with female directors, having, having a, um, a boss that's really promoting that, that type of. I mean, it just, it just feels right, you know, for me, I always like different, you know, and, um, you know, being in Hollywood, clearly that's different. And um, but for me, it, it's now my normal. You know, I never was a series regular on a show prior to uh, Queen Sugar, so I've never worked with 25 different female directors. So I might only remember like three male directors <laughs> I worked with. So that being said, like now that's weird, you know, and this is normal. So it's just it's kind of like it's the only way I've, I've experienced it, honestly. Oh my God, it's life-changing, truly life-changing. Um, and I can, I can probably safely say that for all of the other directors that um, we've had come through the show. Uh, you know, you direct an episode of Queen Sugar and then people perk up. Uh, people notice, uh, people start inviting you places that you weren't invited to before. Um, and we've had just a pretty remarkable roster of directors, one of which is second unit director on Star Wars right now. So it's um, it's empowering, and I think what is beautiful about the directors is there's a sisterhood that comes with it. We all stay in touch, we all like recommend each other, we're like, I just went into a meeting, I think you know they're looking for more directors, you should, you know, I wanna reach out and tell them about you. So there's something, a real bond and a connection between all of us, and I think you also feel it on the set. I think you feel like this just, energy that's really um, kind of comforting and enveloping and it's um, I, I again there's like this safe kind of protected space that Ava has created on this show to let 
all of us artists really bring the best of us to the screen and give us that safety net of each other um, to feel to feel empowered and to feel safe because we're going all of you guys are going to like some of the rawest places emotionally and you have to be to feel that protection around you well speaking of raw emotion um, <laughs> Kofi this is for you uh, this season revealed a big reveal if you were if Rap Angel was Blue's father or not um, how has that storyline affected you and by the way Ethan Hutchins Sanity is, is phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just lets you know life is real and people be having secrets. <laughs> 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 nah. <laughs> that being said, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> that's stupid real. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just so unfortunate. You know, again, like he started season one robbing a liquor store, you know, trying to feed his child and Next thing you know, it's not his child, you know? So now he has to reconcile. But it also makes you wonder, like, what does it actually mean to be someone's father, you know, since forever that was his child? So does it change now because of, you know, a, a test, some science, you know? So it just really makes Ralph Angel have to look internally and say, well, now what does it mean to, what does he mean? Because he saved his life. If we really think about it, all right, cool, that's not your son. And had you known that in the beginning, you might not even... You know, <laughs> you might not be here, you might not be here in society, he might still be in jail. Blue was his only, you know, form of hope. And now that, again, it's not his blood, what does that mean to him? I and mean, how does that look with him and Darla? You know, she messed up though. <laughs> <laughs> she messed up. I think everybody agrees with that. <laughs> um, so, uh, Rutina, so, um, you know, we can always count on, on Nova to be very um, um, plugged in in the plugged into the community and supportive. Um, how has it been playing such a character that's so connected culturally? It's a lot of pressure. Uh, but it's a good kind of pressure um, because people are really listening. Um, they're really engaged in things that Nova is saying. A lot of women write me and they're just like, thank you for reflecting back what I've been thinking, but also just thank you for a positive sort of role model who's not afraid to speak up. Um, and I think Nova has sort of, for a lot of people, has made them want to speak up and use their voice more. Um, but it's been uh, educational, definitely. There's a lot of things I didn't know before Queen Sugar that I know now. Um, and that's why the first thing I said was just a lot of pressure. Because when you're like behind Ava, you go, well, I, I don't know how, how am I gonna live up to this, the activism and all that stuff. And it kind of just all fell into place. Like everything she's written for, and they've written for Nova, um, has sort of made me wake up in a way uh, that I wasn't woke before. So uh, I'm grateful for the lesson, the life lessons that I learned on Queen Sugar every, every day that I'm there. Um, and also grateful that, again, it's being heard in a way that people are actually receiving it processing it, thinking about it, and then having a conversation about it. Um, whereas in the past, a lot of times if it's, you know, people can shut it out if it's too much information. But I feel like we present it from a perspective where you can really sort of um, get into it, you know? Um, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful for that. Not a lot of shows, it's just, you know, you go, you hit your mark and you go home. But this is a show that like tears at my heartstrings when I go home and I'm still thinking about like, now Nova, what, girl, what you going? <laughs> What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do with you, Nova? You know, um, and thankful to be on the journey with, with these guys here because I feel like 
our cast is so generous as actors that we can really um, go to the ugliest of places, you know, and hug it out at the end. Um, and that's not always available too. So it's just something about this show is just a really kind of uh, beautiful sort of, um, I'm looking for the word, like it's the sponge of just love, you know, um, and, and, and joy, you know, and also some, some hard topics, but because I think we're also open, it's easy to go to those topics, where, whereas I think um, it's not always easy to go to, to topics that are sort of like, um, that hit home, you know? Um, but I love it. I love that people in inbox me and they're like, yo, you, my brother was incarcerated. Just, I get stuff from so many women <laughs> who are so happy to feel some kind of representation and feel heard in some way. So I think that's a really, um, you know, a great thing. So we're gonna we're gonna get to audience questions in a moment, but before we do, I want to ask about what's to what what to expect for the rest of the season, particularly with the bomb that those that was just dropped with Davis's <laughs> Davis's child. <laughs> How is Charlie gonna react to that? <laughs> what is so <that> slow? <laughs> I mean, thirteen years, like. You hit a child for 13 years. How do you do that? How does that happen? She's fine with it. I mean, like, why wouldn't she be? I mean, you know, she's cool. We all know Charlie's always a cool-headed, even-keeled person. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't tell you. You got to stay tuned. Um, you know, Charlie Bordelon West, now Charlie Bordelon, is sort of the epitome of complicated, right? She is both a superwoman and she's kryptonite. And she goes back and forth and, and doesn't examine it until it really begins to cost her. So I think the, the arc with Davis from season one has really been about um, looking at who she has been and this arc, this season, is looking at who she's becoming. And asking um, in this dance she's doing <laughs> with, uh, with the devil a bit, is that who she wants to become? So I think that whatever happens with this information, it's a part of that larger arc. It's a part of her um, really unpacking what her identity has been, what she did in that identity, how certain she was in that identity, and how is, how is she now, how certain is she now, and is that really solid ground, you know, when the stakes are so high? Okay. Great, we're gonna turn it over to you guys. You saw your hand up. Good question. I think you have a purple shirt on, I can't really see. Oh, yeah. Or black, I don't know. Hi, guys. Thank you for being here. Um, I wanted to ask each of the three siblings, instead of telling us what the favorite quality of each of your own characters are, I wanted to know what you thought their favorite quality was from each of the siblings. Ooh, I like that one. So from our character's point of view, or us as actors, us as people, our, my favorite quality of Nova um, I love that she doesn't apologize for her contradictions. I love that she 
it's not even about ownership, it's just about living and being. And remember she said in season one, she said, um, someone was saying like, well, he's a cop, he's a cop about Calvin. And she said, well, most cops are just trying to feed their families, actually, they're just people. So I love that she can walk in that uneasy truth. And with Ralph Angel, um, I love the innocence that he has with all the hard that he's seen. He's the most innocent of, I think, all three of them. That's how it feels, his perspective. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a ro almost a romantic sense of love and you know, possibility um, that I, I really admire. Charlie. <laughs> um, mm, I love that for Charlie, no means yes. <laughs> In a way of like, she will find a way. Um, and I kind of love that. She doesn't take no uh, right away. She will just, she's driven. Um, and I love a woman who is driven. Um, but I also love her intense fragility because um, she is. And we don't always get to see those moments with her. Um, but those are the ones that I love because you just see a woman just being a woman in life in this world with a child trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that's beautiful. Um, Ralph Angel. <laughs> so pretty. Um, <laughs> uh, I love the father that you are, um, what you represent. I think it's important to see uh, positive men in, in a father role. Um, and I love how you love that boy, no matter what. Um, and I was gonna say, uh, Ralph Angel to me is like a sponge. Like we've seen him sort of take everything in and just grow from it. He's had some setbacks, but he's still continued to grow. And I think that that's important to see um, the progress. I mean, I said everything, but um, I think I just, I just admire how much Nova loves the community. And um, instead of it just being words, she actually puts the action behind it. I, I think that's very admirable. And um, Charlie, she just like, she's straight G. Like she don't care, like, <laughs> she just don't care. Like it's like, it's just by any means. And like, you gotta respect that sometimes that's necessary. So I love that. And uh, I mean, I love everything about him. I, I have to say Charlie's one of my, my favorite characters because I really admire that ambition. And um, in this industry that we're in, in this world that we're in as black people, you really kind of have to have that, um, excuse my French, but that fuck you. And uh, Charlie definitely got that, so. Right over here. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I feel like um, the people who could answer the best are the people that I live with. You know what I mean? Because when I start shooting the show, they're like, okay, she's back. She's back. Um, I, I have loved playing Charlie because it, it has asked me to, to really, I don't know, to 
deepen to own um, my sense of power and my, and, and my um, refusal to apologize. Yeah, so it, it makes you, it, it's made me stand firm in my belief, stand firm in my um, journey. And uh, there's a certainty that she moves with, a precision um, that I, I have learned from, I guess. It's been my education in a sense because those are not parts of myself that I think I led with. Rutina probably could say that even more than I can having been friends with me for so long. Um, they were, they were, it's almost like uh, it's been a gym for me to build up um, more focus, more precision, uh, and more fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, um, hmm. Nova is very uh, unapo unapologetic about who she is as herself, and I think for me it's uh, playing her has made me embrace all the things about myself I didn't want to embrace. Um, and that's been kind of a gift uh, to sort of see yourself with new eyes when you look in the mirror. Because um, she forced me to look at myself in a different way and I had to like love every part of it. Um, and so I'm kind of, I needed that. Because we try to put those dark parts away or the parts we don't really kind of like, you know, and she just wears it all here. So um, she's made me do that. Rafa Angel. I was trying to figure out how honest I want to be. Um, <laughs> I guess um, for me, it's Safe like space. <laughs> it's a contradiction because I get the role of Ralph Angel, <coughs> and in Kofi's life, that's a win. You know, you're successful. You work with Ava. You work with Oprah, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm playing the most broken man in the history of TV. You know what I mean? Like my boy doesn't stop crying never. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that being said. I think what I've taken or I think had to accept in my life was that brokenness, you know, that lack of identity and um, that um, searching, you know, um, internally and externally. And I just had to come to terms with it in my life. And, you know, it's an exploration. It's like you see. I just don't be crying as much, but it's the same. <laughs> I have literally never seen you shed a tear outside of the show. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to have to wrap up. Please give a round of applause once again. Cat Handler, and, we and thank oh. you to ATX Festival yes. for having us. And we'll be back next. We would love, yeah. <laughs> we'll do this next week too. Next week. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah.